0: Welcome to the Becoming Her podcast, where we learn to become healthy, enthusiastic, and resilient young women. Healthy defined as being
1: prosperous and flourishing physically, mentally, and emotionally. Enthusiastic being defined as having zeal or fervor for your present and your future. And resilience being defined as having the ability to bounce back from trauma stronger than you were before. So if you are seeking personal growth in these areas, stay tuned for some helpful tips. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Becoming Her podcast. It's been a while and I am <laughs> so, so excited to be back. Um, we've missed interacting with you guys and having these weekly, bi-weekly conversations. Um, so first of all, I'm just excited to be here. And uh, Naishia It's good to be back recording with you. It is
0: good to be back. How's it been? I know. Yes, I've been good. I've been busy. With the close of the semester, it brought up a lot of stuff happening. Yes. uh, So I feel like we just needed that time to take a break and pause. But now that the summer's cooking in, we have a lot more time. So uh, it'll give us a lot more freedom to do stuff with the podcast, which brings me to uh, a, a little introduction to what we'll be doing. Um, over the next couple of weeks, we've just set up just a few random talks about different life topics that we'll get to talk about with a couple great, amazing, very smart, intelligent people uh, that we can relate to, um, uh, to get different perspectives on life and the many, many different topics. And um, So that actually brings us into what we are doing
1: today for this podcast episode. All right, well... Um, Our first guest for this series is someone who is very special to me. Uh, We don't don't know each other like close, close, close friends, but I've known her for honestly all of my life. I've known about her. (laughs) There's a perk to having siblings that are much older than you. you. Their friends become very dear to your heart. So we have our first guest is Dr. Rashida Likely, and I would like to just introduce you and- Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank
0: you. <laughs> um,
2: but uh, hey, y'all, I am Rashi, like me. Um I have known Destiny all her life. <laughs> oh man, it's so it's such a pleasure. So it's so great to be here. Um, from Pittsburgh, too. Do you want the full
1: intro? Go ahead. It's it's the the floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, I'm awkward, uh, as you can see, and I'm from Pensacola. went to um, elementary, middle, and high school with Destiny's older brother, uh, Tyler, and I now live in the Atlanta area. I have a whole lot of schooling in between that led me to Jacksonville and Philadelphia, Um, but currently settling in in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been here 10 months. It'll be a year in August, so happy to be here.
1: That is awesome. I'm, I'm so excited to have you. You were one of the first people that came to mind because uh, I've been able to follow you on social media. And I said, you know what? I think Rashida would be a great guest because she's doing great things. And um, I remember hearing about you when I was growing up. Rashida, Rashida. Rashida was t- one of Tyler's best friends because <laughs> what I didn't know was that <laughs> Tyler, if you know him now, he's nationally known for speaking and communicating. So I did not know that Tyler was shy uh, growing up <laughs> and, you know, they became friends, they became friends in high school and it's just a pleasure to have you here. So, uh, Naishia, I'll go ahead and uh, pass it over to you. You can ask our first question for, um, for Rashida here.
0: Yes, yeah, so a little bit of background. I know that uh, one of the topics that we're talking about, the topic we're talking about today is actually going to be focused on education and the importance of that, especially as Black women and in the Black community, because I feel like a lot of times um, we hear a lot about education and the importance of it, but we really don't see the fruits of that and why that's important. So I think it's really awesome that we have Rashida on because she's gone through a lot of education, like you said earlier. So I'm really excited to get her perspective on that. So. Do you want to just give us a little background of how you started to get into um, education and why that was important to you and what made you decide to go through as much as you did?
2: I was just talking to some friends on Friday and I was like, why do we hate each other? All of us have our doctorates now and we're like, why do we hate ourselves so? So much school. It's just so much school all the time. So um, (laughs) I have my doctorate in science education and that's Uh, That was a feat. I completed it during the pandemic. Like everything started, the shutdowns happened in March. I defended in May and graduated in June. It was a very strange time. Um, Prior to that, I have my bachelor's degree in biology from the University of North Florida, also with a master's degree in biology from um, the same institution, University of North Florida. Um, And so that is four years of undergrad two and a half years of my master's program, and then four years of a doctorate program. So 10 years of higher education on top of uh, K-12 education and junior college in Pensacola. So it's it's been a time. Uh, school has always been, not school, learning has been important. Just so happens, a lot of it happens within the walls of school, but learning has always been important. My grandfather was Very much so. Use your head for more than a hat rack. That was his saying. Do something else. Learn something new. Um, I had an uncle who played a lot. Like he was the quote unquote childish one. (laughs) So he um, really supported my tinkering. Um, We took apart everything. We used to have train sets. And um, I got a telescope one year for Christmas just because I'm like, well, what happens in the sky? So he was part of me getting all of the materials and resources to explore. Um, my sister was really big into Barbies. I was not so much. So in order for my uncle to find ways for me and my sister to play, we, me and my uncle worked on her Barbie Dreamhouse. And so we put it all together. We added um, jets to the tub. So you know how the Barbie Dreamhouse had a little uh, tub in it for Barbies or whatever, like the little hot tub? We added yes. jets. yes. <laughs> so adding the jets created this additional thing for me to do that was more interesting than actually you know playing house with Barbie so um yeah so learning like I said learning has always been important being curious exploring um and now being able to have like that family member that doesn't make you necessarily feel like a, a bother or irritating annoying when you always ask why um so there was a lot of times I told the line as a kid of being disrespectful and being curious because that why got me into a lot of trouble. So
0: Ooh, now I can get- to talk about
2: it. <laughs> same for same for us. <laughs> <laughs> and now I get you know I got two degrees because I like to ask why. So it worked out. It it, it got better. It. So it's all good
1: that is awesome it's really interesting what you said about how you had the family member that kind of stoked your curiosity that's so important like not everybody has that where you know their parents are super strict and and any I for me my parents were I, I wouldn't say they were strict they were protective they were very protective of us I think just due to I don't know just lots of different things but one thing they never did I never had super strict parents that would like you know well why don't you do I mean they they would want me to do better but they did like assist us with like okay is this what you're interested in okay we'll invest in this that's so really great that you said um, you had a family member that kind of helped you along your way and kind of stoked that curiosity for you so that's awesome that brings me to our next question you have your doctorate which is first of all congratulations so yeah, you that's that's really <laughs> when you said 10 years of school that is great accomplishment especially during COVID um so who or what made you want to get your doctorate in specifically science education was that always a goal for you um was that just something that the more you got into it you were said let me just advance myself so who or what made you interested in in that
2: yeah so growing up in high school I was like set on being a medical doctor um, I wanted to go into medicine, I wanted to go into cardiology specifically, and so when it came time to go into college, um, I did a general studies AA um, associate's degree, and then I went into a pre-med track for my bachelor's program, and it wasn't long that I was in those like core classes um, uh, in biology that I started to venture into how to apply into medical programs. And then that process of applying to medical school had me completely out of love with science in general. And that didn't feel like me. That just felt off. And so I said, well, medical school probably isn't the way. If that doesn't feel like good to my core, I'm not going to do it. Um, that caused some friction. Like just now, like <laughs> when I say it caused friction, I went to school. I left home, Pensacola, to go to Jacksonville to finish my um undergrad degree and then I come home one Christmas and say I don't want to go to med school like my whole goal of leaving home to go to school was to go to med school so that was not a fun conversation to have but I am proud that I pushed through and you know it wasn't that was when I started to choose to live life myself for me What what do I want to do versus you know keeping everybody happy and okay with what I thought I wanted to do. Um, so going through this process of, okay, I don't want to go to med school, but now what can I do? <laughs> so I started, I decided to stay at the same school, uh, applying to the master's program there. And I, during that master's program, I did research on lobsters, the digestion. And so my interest in, you know, general science, um, how the body works got super, um, specific with digestion and so as i'm starting to explore digestion i end up further into deeper holes of molecular and cell, um, just interest in research i i loved how things happen on the tiniest level and so how do you know eat you how do you eat food and how does that food get into your bloodstream so that was my interest a lot of biochemistry how you know molecules come together how they work how they impact your body cool I also had my first experience teaching during my master's program and I loved it. I love teaching science, I love teaching labs. And I realized that there was no good support for a scientist to be an educator. Like it was really you figuring it out as you go. And that was uncomfortable because I wanna be a good teacher. I wanna be good at whatever I'm doing. So if at that moment I am in the lab doing research, I wanna be a good researcher. If I'm teaching the material, I wanna be a good teacher but there was no support for me as a good teacher. There was all of the support in the world for me to be a good researcher. And so that was always in the back of my mind. I'm like, I really want to be able to teach the material better. And so I started, you know, doing my own thing with that. I became a tutor. Um, I worked in a lot of after school programs. And so it was helpful for me to learn how to teach the material, learn how to engage with students and help question support questioning. And so I ended up getting my master's degree and I started working for the Department of Health. I worked as a virologist for three years. Um, I was testing samples. So people came in and they went to their doctor's office and they said, I feel sick. The doctor would do a nasal swab, I would be on the receiving end of that nasal swab, do a test, run the test, send the results back to the doctor to say, this patient has flu H1N1. And then the doctor probably had already prescribed some medication or not. Now this confirms you do have the flu virus. Here's your treatment plan. So I was that person that received the sample. So I did that for three years. Super cool job. That's when I realized, you know, I don't want to be in a lab forever. Um, I I worked through Ebola. I was trained to test Ebola. I worked through Zika virus. That was a experience. <laughs> Zika virus was the first time I moved into research on the testing side. Like it happened so fast that we were like trying to figure out something to work for the test. It was a very wild time. And so during that time of Zika, I'm still in my after school program, still with children, still supporting some learning that way, is when the students asked me, <laughs> what do you? what do you do? Like, do you talk to your students this way, too? Like, your students in your classroom? And I'm like, I don't have students in the classroom. I work in the lab around the corner testing viruses. And they said, what do you mean? I said, I'm a scientist. I'm talking to seventh grade, little seventh grade black girls and telling them I'm a scientist. I work around the corner. I'm not a school teacher. I don't know where you got that idea from. And they laughed in my face and told me I could not be a scientist because scientists are all white men. So I I froze like record scratch scientists and old white men like first of all these seventh graders are standing toe to toe with me I will go get my resume like we don't have to do we don't have to have any problems so
1: that is insane oh my goodness
2: <laughs> yeah some seventh graders really like changed the trajectory of my life and I will never not say that it was very true very much so a record scratch moment. Like, why would they tell me I'm not who I'm not? Like, I, I'm not who I'm telling you I am. Like, I'm a scientist. I'm telling you I'm a, It was just so hard for them to understand, like, this is a true possibility. And so then I realized, like, everybody stopped. Everybody paused. Because I have also only seen scientists as old white men. Like, I really had to do a full, like, life evaluation over all of that time, through the whole master's program, who have been scientists, who have I seen scientists to be, um, what activities counted as, as science activities. Um, and so instead of me continuing on this path of, you know, biochemistry, testing, in-lab research, I stopped applying to biochemistry PhD programs, and I moved into science education. And so that's literally, I never wanted to be a teacher. I never had to, that's a lie. I always liked to teach, but I never wanted to be like an in-class teacher. I just liked being tired to tell people what to do. I thought that was teaching. That's what I grew up. Uh, but, but like I um, really, I knew I loved the content, but I also loved helping people understand it. So why stay in the lab? One, I like people. The lab does not have that many people. They're not trying to be friends. And two. I really enjoy the content and I really like, um, helping people understand and grasp it. So what would a career in that look like? Um, and that's how I got into education. Yeah. Some seventh-grade girls laughed
0: at me. Wow. I really love that. You said some really good stuff, like through all of that. I was like, there's so much. I was like writing. I was like, man, yes. Amen. 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 Sister, all of that. Um, so I think it was really awesome, like, especially like one of the first things you were saying is that, um, science stopped feeling good to you, like in a core, whenever you got to a point and whenever you got to the point where it stopped feeling good, or you stopped feeling like it was something that you were meant to do, like you immediately stopped and had a life evaluation for yourself, because I think it's really important to recognize that like, you have to live for yourself by the end of the day, like your parents, your siblings, those who you love, like they want the best for you but what they want may not always be what you need. And so I think it's really awesome that you did what made you happy and you did that evaluation and it goes into like self-care and self health and and taking care of yourself and appreciating like your own value and 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 wanting to do what keeps you happy and what makes you happy. And um I'm glad that you touched on you touched on a lot like how you became an educator and like where that passion for teaching came from because I feel like a lot of the times we see teachers as just women who like work with first graders and second graders and third graders. And I think that's so important because I think foundational education is literally the one of the most important things because it's how you get to be where you are now, where we all are now. Um, But at the same time, I think it's really awesome that you know your want and your need to help people like that passion that you had like steered you in a direction of helping people and also like it's so crazy that you're right like I know that we preach that we as black women can be anything that we want to be but then at the end of the day we still only see ourselves in this small box of what society puts us in and we see everyone else like old white men (laughs) as the scientists the politicians and those who are in control of the country. And I think it's really important. Um, and it's really awesome that you became an educator so that you can show, yes, I'm an educator and yes, I did this and you can do it too. And now you have that real life experience to show to your your students. I'm not sure if you still do tutoring now, but like young students and then also older students, since I know that you're a professor now, like everyone can see like it's possible and you did it so that they can do it too. So I think that's um, actually really awesome. So, um, going into that what do you think that uh, were some of the challenges that you experienced um, while you um, started that path like you decided to be an educator show people the way that that is possible did you have any difficulties like yourself like mentally personally did your your family have anything against it or like the world science community
2: first of all that's a heavy question if i a heavy question um Things that I'm still working through. Uh, I did not realize the shift that was necessary to go from working in a lab, teaching um, after school programs, teaching lab courses into a fully immersed education, PhD program. Um, There were words, the difficulty was there were words, just I'm in a field that I had been in, like science. I had been in science since. I graduated high school, like I started like, even though I did like a general AA, I still did the pre-med track stuff. So I was familiar with all of the words. The, the beauty of science for me is that once you learn something, you only learn things more in depth. You never learn that it changes, it's new, you know, the, theory, the laws of thermodynamics, is always going to be the same three laws every time. It's not brand new information. It's always deeper, more in depth, more specific but it's never like, here's a brand new body that we've not seen before. It's always let's learn some more about this body that we know enough about, like a lot about already. So to go into education was like, <laughs> what are y'all saying? Like I got into those classrooms just, I had never felt dumber in my life. Like when I say literally just beginner level crying one at least once a week. Through my first, we were on a quarter system at Drexel. My first ten weeks was one quarter. I cried at
1: least once a week,
2: maybe twice. Like it was.
1: Wow, stupid. that is insane. Oh my goodness.
2: I'm a, I'm a scientist, right? Like I can do all kinds of stuff. But so I thought I'm supposed to know and be smart. No, I felt dumb. I felt dumber than I've ever felt. Just getting new words, getting new ideas, finding yourself in a place where, like, I don't know any of this. They're saying stuff like um, ontology. Ooh, why are we not talking about body? I know how to do the body epistemology. What does that mean? So I'm over here, like, all right, what do these words, behavioralism, I don't know what they mean. So I'm over here. The paper is, like, uh, using a behavioralist frame for your research and science learning. That's the title of the paper. The abstract uses the word epistemology, ontology, uh, perspective, viewpoint. I'm already lost in the abstract. I'm out. I'm out. You just It was so hard. <laughs> Honestly, it was just so hard being completely out of your regular. And to understand now, even though like, hey, you're in another level of, of life. Like this is a PhD program. You know how to do other stuff. But it's okay to not know how to do this part right now. Figure it out. So I had to really like search for a way to make that playful, to make that like curiosity fun, because if not, it would have swallowed me lot
0: easily.
2: Like I had already had this idea that societal framed idea that you know science is elite for the smart mysterious, only a few people get to be scientists, you get to work off in the lab and get materials that everybody doesn't get access to. And now if you move into education, it's not as um, exquisite or prestigious or um, anybody can teach one of those type ideas. And so it was a whole lot of me saying that's one untrue, that education is hard or as hard or harder than what I had been doing in the lab. And it's just removal of this hierarchy that somehow a scientist is more intelligent or better equipped for their job than a teacher at any level so um that type of reconciliation I had to do in my own art first because other people like you have to lab to go teach like they just what how did you get here why would you do that it's so much money in science and you went to education and I'm just like you didn't work in those labs right you weren't the only black person in a master's program for four, like two and a half years I was the only black person in the building like it wasn't wow I, it wasn't like oh I'll just go to this other lab and they have black people no I'm, I'm the only black person in the building reporting That's so to crazy. A- <laughs> so yeah like that was life so to go from that working in a lab with all white women um, and then going into an education program, and I was not the only Black person there. A plus for me is that my um, dissertation committee is made up of five professors, and all five of my um, committee members were Black. And I was like, I did it! I got the I got my Black Panthers! I got the Globetrotters! I'm so excited! Like, I did it!
1: It was <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. that's awesome. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I just was like, I'm, I'm getting all these black people. They're amazing, um, and I don't have to explain my project, which was the blackest thing ever, as well. <laughs> as well.
1: <laughs> so leading into that, I like Nishia. I have learned so much from you. Like just in the, <laughs> just that one question stuff, I had never known. And like, I respect you so much. I respected you before, but I respect you even. <laughs> Like, that's insane. I mean, education is, education is tough. And, you know, like, my field is not science. I'm music education. But I felt I could relate so heavily to what you were saying. You know, like, playing an instrument for, when I started college, i have been playing for 10 years. And then deciding later on in my journey, okay, I'm going to teach this. And then being in those classes, being like, this is, like, I don't know all of this. Like, am I dumb because I don't know all of this? Like I've played an instrument, but this, I didn't know that. And like there's no shame in learning, you know, and that's that's just amazing what you said. There's no shame in learning. And the fact that you experience those things will help listeners that are maybe interested in that and just helping them to change their journey and not stay stuck in one thing because people say, oh, well, scientists make more money. You know, that's that's <laughs> If you First don't love, yeah, if you don't love what you're doing, I mean, yeah. you can make all the money, you're going to go home miserable, you know? So, that I'll was funny for that. Lab. Yeah. Definitely
2: lab. I felt at one point that I was being paid to be quiet, I was wow. being paid not engaged because the people in my lab at the time were introverted. They were introverted, yeah. they were like, your textbook. Science person they jump when you say good morning because why are you like it was very not me (laughs) it was very they're not they don't seem to be open to who I am I talk with my hands a person is here I'm going to acknowledge who they are let's have a conversation about who knows what like you're here I want to be with you as well we work in a lab together why not speak
1: and (laughs) I have like two follow-up questions for you because I remember seeing that what your dissertation was on was what you said, black hair. So before Mm -hmm. I ask you about um, to explain a little bit of your dissertation, the first thing I would, I'm very interested to know because I can relate to this on a few levels is what, and you don't have to say everything. You don't have to go into everything just as much as you're comfortable with. What was your journey? You said being the only black woman in the master's program, you know, what was, you know, science, science is from what I know, not a heavily black, um, or science education is not traditionally a a heavily black, um, it's not a lot of black people in there, or I could be wrong, um, which is similar to my field. There's not, you don't see a lot of black music teachers. And when you see them, you're like, oh my goodness, just tell me everything you did. So what was your experience being the only black person in your master's program to having your dissertation with your committee was all Black people. What was a bit of? How was that for you? I
2: never, one made this connection. So thank you for saying it went from this to this. <laughs> like I never paid attention, I guess, to that line. Um, it was lonely. It was isolating. It was um, exclusionary. It it was you can tell. It was felt. It was very strong and tangible. It wasn't that I was making it up or I felt like this one way today. No, this was a regular, ongoing, this space is not for you. This place is not for you. You look like us or you get out. Like it it felt like that a lot. It was never said because that's wrong to say it, but you feel it, you know. Like there were opportunities where there were, um, once I was in my master's program in the lab, I will go in and work. Like my experiment took maybe six hours. So I would just go in for one, ex- one experiment. <laughs> it took six hours. So go in there, like, all right, I'm here on a Saturday, I'm gonna knock out two, I'm just gonna be here. Somebody else will come in the lab. Cool, we all here in the lab together. We ended up making shared Pandora stations. I'm cool with that. That's fine. Now, if I came in this room before you, I'm not listening to the shared Pandora station out here by myself so this one moment there was a saturday i had been in there already maybe four something hours somebody else came in i'm listening to my own personal pandora station probably some rick ross and just some, that's who i am deep in my heart um i love that <laughs> i'm in here just you know having some of my life radio on five someone else comes in and it's like can you turn that down a little Everybody hit, hit pause. And the only reason that I'm just like, are you serious? Because there have been other times that we've all been in the lab, shared Pandora Station on. I done listened to Imagine Dragons and Aerosmith and Red Hot Chili Peppers and they friends. And I done learned everybody else's music, blasting, shaking the tables. We all, I mean, it was fine. But as soon as I start playing myself, we got to turn it down a little bit.
1: Okay. Wow.
2: Like that was a thing that happened. I don't think any of the other students or teachers were ever asked by one of the uh, facility, facility folks. So <laughs> there was a, a research area in the same master's program, a research area that was authorized personnel only. Like you had to have a key to access that area. I'm over there about to put my key into the door and someone is coming out. I had never seen this guy before, Why do I never seen him before. And I was like, oh, like I'm like, get my key back. Let me hold the door open, come on out. And he said, this is authorized personnel only, like sliding out of the door so I can't come in.
1: Are you serious?
2: This is for the science lab, the the wow. researchers. You
1: know,
2: <laughs> first of all, I have a key. Excuse me. Yeah. And I was putting in the door.
0: <laughs> like, wow. see my key. <laughs>
2: authorized personnel i don't know you you don't know me but that's a wild assumption for you to make that i'm not supposed to be here wow my i told my advisor a white man at the time oh well you know we all make mistakes yeah we all do but you know i'm the only one that gets this one that was a thing um Mm -hmm. there were many times working in the lab uh for the department of health where i was told i like it when you straighten your hair it looks more professional That was the day I decided to never straighten my hair again. Wow, that is so real.
1: That is so real. That is I will
2: never get another straight piece of hair right. Like I was so mad. I was like, first of all, I had been here at least for a year with these big curls, and now you decide to tell me I look more professional with straight hair. I'll fight. Like it just, I (laughs) I was like, are you serious? Yeah. Um, another one of my coworkers told me, she's like, You always smell so good. And I was like, it's more than likely my hair products. Then she said they never make the good stuff for us oh, sis, what sis, <laughs> you have rows on rows on rows of products and i Are get one thing that was good and they don't ever make the good stuff i was like hey, woo, oh you impression so if it hit you girl like it was <laughs> it was yeah those types of things or why can't i do this um One day I had, I just have all the oppressive situations. (laughs) But like, those things that happened, happened because I'm a Black woman in these spaces that were not ever meant for me. Um, My PhD program helped me make sense of that. They helped me understand that I was showing up in a place that being present was enough resistance. Like, I was never supposed to be there So, of course, those places are not going to be open and welcome and sharing and comfortable because they weren't made for me. They were made for old white men to continue to be old white men with other old white men. And might let a woman in and call that diversity, but it's still very white, elitist, middle class, heteronormative, Christian, patriotic. Like, it's very one way. It's very, these are the norms. And if you are outside of it sorry you don't sit here it was very this is our club um so going into a doctorate program that had me step all the way like I had never in ever in life stepped all the way back and say this is a system at work this is why this feels this way here are some words for it it's like the doctorate program gave me the language of stuff like I feel this I see this I know this to be true And what, what are these words that also support this like it wasn't my experience was the only one this way it was other people are feeling this and biology is one of the more. um, Representative of black female scientists biology definitely has more than other areas of science or stem but that was my experience in. 2011 to 2014 no 2011 to 2016 working in those both those labs that was my experience then and to know that that was just my one and that someone else in california was having that same experience and georgia was having the same like we exist largely and we're not supposed to be seen right because if you're seen, that means science is for everybody scientists are not all white men all these other people are capable of achieving much in science spaces. And what would happen if we like kind of removed and blurred the lines of what counts as a science activity and what is science content? And so that's how my whole dissertation came to be. I was like, I learned what the lines of science were. And so by the time I, it was my opportunity to do a research project, I was like, let's tap dance on these lines and figure something else out. So I'm a rebel, sorry. <laughs>
1: No, I love it. Everything you said was, like I said, I can relate very much to that. Sometimes
0: yeah. your presence,
1: what you said, sometimes your presence is enough resistance. You know, it's just, you don't. And like you said, well, I'm. you said, I'm not making it up. If there's, that thought has crossed my mind so many times, just in any field, like I'm not being specific to any particular place or anything. Just, just telling yourself, I'm not making it up. And like, then even going to somebody. Yeah, yeah. Even going to somebody and saying, Hey, this happened. Oh, well, we all make mistakes, mistakes, yeah. <laughs> mistakes are choices, you right. know? And so the thing is that is real. And so Naishia, you can go ahead to the, the next question.
0: Yeah, no, well, I think basically that, that basically just wraps up our whole conversation. I mean, I really like the top dancing on the lines and just being there. Um, being there and shaking the mold of what is known and what's accepted and what's comfortable i think that's really awesome and i think that's it's really encouraging to um i think anyone whether you're you are a black woman listening whether you're white brown hispanic purple yellow girl boy man child uh, no matter what i think there's an area in all of our lives that we feel that way like we don't belong or we're not meant to be there we're not meant to be doing what we're doing but I think generally if you have that passion and you you feel like that's your calling I say go for it take over and name name your mark like place your name there make it known that you are um meant to be there and you have every right to be there just as the next person. And that doesn't come from just saying it. Like it doesn't come from just posting about it or thinking that you want to be there. Like it takes a lot of work. Like you went through a lot to get to where you are and to be able to call yourself a doctor and say that you're a scientist and say that you're a professor and 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 um have all of the respect that you've earned um in the field that you're in. And so I think it's really encouraging to know that you can do it, it's possible, but it's going to take a lot of work. And I think as long as you have the intent and then the determination to do that, I think anything is possible. And I think that's something that hopefully all of us have learned today. Um, so I think that just brings us to our final question. If you have any closing remarks, anything that you want to share um, for our listeners that you think that would encourage them to and be happy, achieve their goals, stay mentally and emotionally healthy um, while building, building resi- uh, resilience to any resistance that may come along their way with anything that they do.
2: Um. <laughs> well, also overall, thank you all for having me. One, yeah. two, I, I had not made the broader, like just duh, like girl, you just went from the, strangest place to a place of like you are able to make your own thing like I hadn't first of all it all happened during the pandemic like mo- it, it finished during the pandemic so I haven't really like stopped to take a breath and truly reflect on what all has transpired um and very grateful that I learned as a kid to ask the questions to not be afraid of asking for why if you don't know why find someone that does know why you can't find them, find a book, you can't find them, talk to a friend, like somebody's able to um, help expand your idea of something, so being able to always ask questions, um, to be open to learning, be open to being wrong, I used to be so wrong, real strongly wrong too, like just having grown up with this super narrow view of things um, and now being on the other side of I write curriculum, I write assessment. So I cannot just point out that it's wrong. I have this opportunity to create something else. Um, And I think that that has been so beautiful in the process. Like knowing that I went from being told that I don't belong in certain areas to now just saying, I'm going to write a new area, I'll create the area. If this doesn't work right here, right now, I'll do something else. Like my um, project, my dissertation project was about. A black hair curriculum? How do we connect do it yourself activities to science activities? I don't like that every activity I did in the lab, I had to leave in the lab. I couldn't use it for myself or for my family. I couldn't um, take it home, hold it, play with it, fix it, come back into the lab with it. So, and I didn't like that none of the things in the science books portrayed black women. Like there were always, I knew a lot about polar bear fur, bird feathers, skin, but nobody had any conversation about my coily, curly hair. Let's talk about it. So it was one of those things for me was I didn't see it. I made it up. I didn't see it there. I'm going to learn how to create it. And so as a space of like how to move forward, what to think about, what could be, you know, better supported, be comfortable in creating something. Be okay with I don't like the way this exists, I'm going to do something else. And that dream work in itself is really hard, that imagining in itself is really hard, but knowing that something else could be better, I think that keeps me going and moving forward and able to ask questions and keep making mistakes and still open to trying stuff out because it doesn't have to be just this one way. Um, And I am, very much so clear testimony of that so even if you know you start a path one way go down a separate little side road it's okay and if you don't like that side road find another side road get back on the main path it is fine it is all okay people take different routes to their journeys and i'm grateful that this was my route to this one so
1: it's led me here to you beautiful people on this sunday <laughs> We do have one more, uh, one more thing we would like to ask you and then we'll close. Um, me and Rashida have a lot in common. We, we have a, a mutual friend slash brother slash for me, pastor. <laughs> um, and we also, I don't know if this, this, is some, this isn't something I prepared you for, but um, our dads were both pastors uh, mm-hmm. when we were growing up. So how has your faith, um, like we said before, when, before we did this interview, being a PK is enough life training for, you don't, you, that's enough, <laughs> you know, it's just sometimes college feels inadequate. I'm like, I, I experienced everything before I graduated <laughs> from high school. So, <laughs> so how has being a PK, um, no matter how, no matter what church you went through, when you're a PK, you are a public figure. If not to the city, you're a public figure to your church. And they watch what you do and they, they observe and they make comments, good or bad. Um, but at the end of the day, it toughens you up and it makes you resilient. So how has your faith slash being a PK impacted your, um, your journey in education even or your journey to where you are now? And then we'll close after that.
2: Okay. Um, my faith has always been a part of everything. And when I say it's been a part of everything, like growing up, going to a private Christian school with its own um, ideas and understanding around faith and family, and then moving into my own understanding of what faith and family might look like for me. Um, And I'm saying these things together because I think that my faith shows up in my community, it shows up in my family, in my interactions, in my schooling, in the way I engage with my students, in the way that I want my students to engage with their students, like, it is very, um, a short thread, a, a definite uh, anchor for all I do. I want people to, I want the, the educators that I teach, I want them to be educators that see people, that care about people, that know that people, their souls, their person, their body, that's more important than whatever piece of content that you're trying to give them. I want want to train teachers to be good humans. I don't want you to be just a good teacher because if you're able to be a good human, you can be a good teacher. Like that, that's second. I want you to see people. I want you to care for their souls well. I want you to care for their person well. I want you to show up and take risks. And um, Mm -hmm. being able to do that has been strange at times. Like I said, growing up a certain way, telling your parents, well, no, that's not what I'm going to do is that disrespectful? Is that God-pleasing? Who? How does this fit? How does this work? Also, um, I think it would be more um, presenting to God in a best way that if I do this myself. Like, this is my own personal sacrifice. This isn't yours. So you go to your journey with the Lord. Like, it's been a whole lot of this mine, like to me and, me and my mama, me and my mama, like, we the same person and we not, it's the best thing ever. Um, but it's more like, all right, th- this is gonna be my this is my journey now. This is my decision to make. Um, and what does it look like to do that in an honoring way, to do that in a respectful way? Um growing up, like it wasn't a question, it's what your parents say goes. And then at what point is it, okay. When does my relationship with God kick in? Right. Like when when does when do you let it go? When does it become mine? When do I fumble and figure out my own way? Um, and being able to always hold on to um that that Imago Day and everyone. Everyone is created in God's image. Either you're gonna believe it or you're not. So that's the way that I approach all of my curriculum writing. That's the way I approach assessment, in that we're all created. In reflection of God's image so how do I want that reflection of God to be treated right how do I want that reflection of God to be assessed and evaluated how would I want to teach science to this other image bearer like that shapes it all for me and I'm really really grateful to have had that foundation of this is who you are this is who people are this is what community looks like this is what it means to follow Jesus and not follow a church, what it means to follow Jesus and not follow tradition, um, and to now move away from home and be able to reflect Christ in a way that my parents didn't tell me, they're not watching, my high school teachers aren't checking on me, nobody asked if I knew a scripture, do they feel loved when they're around you, like that's important, so I hope that that comes out in the way I teach, I hope that comes out in the products I create, curriculum I write, after-school programs I lead, like, I want people to be well-supported, know that someone cares, know that someone is present, know that God is big and loving, Um, and if I can be a part of that, that is, like, my life goal, so I just use science and learning to get that around the folks, but you, Destiny, you're using music, Um, Nishia, you love kids and learning and little babies, like, I feel as though we all have our ways to do that, But as long as our, you know, ultimate goal is reflecting Christ and uplifting God, then we're doing great. So just trying
0: to um, practice that. Yes, I really love that because for me, I think the most important thing to know is uh, the two greatest commandments that God gives us is to love God and to love others. And I think that a lot of the times, um, Christians and people who follow Christ and people who are so invested in the church, they think that spreading the gospel and spreading the good news and like trying to disciple people and convert people, like that's the goal and that's the mission. That means standing on the corner and screaming, You're going to hell if you don't change your ways, or uh, things like that, or throwing Bibles in people's faces is the way to go. And it's really not. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay. I I it's, it's like, it, it's crazy. And so I think, like, I really like what you're saying, just showing love and compassion for the people around you and everything that you do. I think that just opens the door um, for people to look at you differently. Like, wow, she's shining so bright. Like she's showing so much love and passion in everything that she does. I wonder what makes her the way she is. And then that is what opens the door to having a conversation about how Christ has affected your life. And it's not always just shoving it in your face. I think showing love is the most powerful and impactful thing that we can do. So I think that's really awesome. We same wavelength, same wavelength.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, that's, that's all we have uh, for today. I just want to once again, thank Rashida so much. This has been an honor. I respect you so much. I I follow you on social media, and I'm like, Rashida, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> that is yes. what I'm trying to do. I an know you inspiration. Might not feel that way, but you are an inspiration. So you've been an inspiration to me, uh, just with the love that your um the the friendship I've observed with you and Tyler, and then your your parents. You may not know this. Your parents have been so kind uh to to my dad to my mom and I don't take that lightly um and I'm not gonna cry but um <laughs> so um, I just want to say thank you and then Naishia is gonna go ahead and close um close it out for our listeners to if if actually Rashida if you have any ways people you'd like uh like for people to contact you um and then Rashida and then Naishia will close
2: Okay, Um, thank you all again for having me. It's been my absolute pleasure and honor to be here. Um, It feels good. Like I'm very aware of how things feel in my body these days, and this feels so good. Thank you for being both lights and being life givers. Y'all are a pleasure and I would have a bajillion of these conversations whenever you're ready. So thank you again so much for thinking of me for um seeing me. Like it was one of those things like me? Are you sure? Like just thank you. I'm I'm very grateful to um to be present and to have known you from like Little Destiny and now you grow. I'm so confused that she is wonderful to have met you. <laughs> uh, y'all are amazing friends and I have appreciated just hearing your conversations, reminding me to dream a little because now I'm old and and grown and life is hard and bills are real and y'all are like well this is what I want to do and these are my dreams mm-hmm. and my thoughts and I'm like, oh, I remember the joy <laughs> so, <laughs> thank y'all for being thank y'all for for being like curious and open to the world y'all have given me some inspiration today so I appreciate it
0: yes and again I appreciate you so much for coming and talking to us um I I know I've had my own struggle as the listeners know with education and such so it's just really inspiring to hear like your journey and everything that that's brought with us so we really do appreciate your time and really glad to have met you and formed that um relationship as well
2: can I add
0: that I did not say where to find me oh oh yeah, <laughs> yeah <go ahead>. please <laughs>
2: Um, Twitter and Instagram Shida Beta S-H-E-D-A-B B as in boy E-D as in dog A um, That has been a nickname from friends and family so it Some of the are... best
1: Twitter content you'll find uh, <laughs> You always make me laugh I'm like Rashida that is humor that is a gift I'm, like...
2: I'm always saying something so you know follow at your own risk I'm sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just followed you <laughs> um, so I found you and I followed you so yes please go follow her Um, very inspiring to see her life journey there on Instagram and Twitter as she said um, I just want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in. It was a longer episode than usual. Um, so if you stuck it through the end, we really appreciate it. Some really good <laughs> content. So I'm glad that you uh, did. Um, please continue to follow, like, share, stream um, our podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify, and any other podcast um, players and streamers at Becoming Her Pod. Um, so we really do appreciate it and we love you guys and we love the support. Um, like I said, over the next couple weeks, couple months, we'll be going over and interviewing amazing people just like Rashida, um, hearing their life story and journeys and hopefully growing from that as well. Um, so thank you guys so much and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.